0: KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis 94.5 KSTP-FM St. Paul HD2 and on scorenorth.com TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand It's the Score North Twin Show Driven hard to right center field Hit a long way Into the second deck. Number 13 for Nelson Cruz. That was a bomba, guys. (laughs) That was a bomba. Nelson Cruz goes deep to right center. Unfortunately, the Twins do drop Sunday's game. That was a highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. Dick Bramer on the call. This is Score North. It's the Score North first place Twins show on Score North on AM 1500 and live.scorenorth.com. I'm Derek Wetmore. Judd Zolgad joins the show. We're back to full strength. Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. Super producing today. And Judd, there is uh, some section of the fan base that's floating around saying, yeah, but who have you beat? Yeah, but who have you beat? Yeah, you're the, one of the best teams in baseball, one of the best offenses, but against the good teams... How's it gone? This series against the Boston Red Sox at target Field this should be fairly big in terms of answering that question.
1: yeah, and you know the last time the twins played what you would consider to be a really competitive team was probably in Tampa Bay and guess what? They got blown out in game one and fared really well it's a good so, series, yeah. and, and the pro- the problem so the problem with, with making it sound like it's derogatory to say who have you beat leads people to believe well there must be all these teams you haven't beat. But the reality is, 2019, the American League's just not that good. And so you get your tests against certain teams. <laughs> and those teams are the Yankees, the Rays, Houston for sure. And, and then after that, you get into this next group of teams that uh, certainly I would not call powerhouses. I so, agree. Yeah. The, the Texases of the world sure. are wild card competitive. Cleveland. But Cleveland just swept Detroit, and Detroit's. You know, completely in the toilet at this point. So, I think the next three games, this is a nine-game homestand. You want two of three, and all that you are asked to do is take series. You want two of three against a Mariners team that got off to a great start, but is in rebuild mode big time and whose bullpen is absolutely terrible. It's just been awful, yeah. You want two of three from KC. Which, again, has uh, certainly taken huge steps back in the last couple of years. I don't know
0: what you're talking about. The Kansas City Royals are only 24 and a half games out of first place in your American League Central. Have you looked at the,
1: just quickly, have you looked at the run differentials in the Central Division of the American League? Not in the last couple of days, no.
0: It's bad. It's Uh, bad.
1: The KC's in last place. I mean, this is the incredible thing. Kansas City is 24 and a half games back in the division. They're in last place, minus 69. Makes sense. Nice. Detroit, which just got swept by Cleveland, is 21 back, minus 132. Oh my gosh. The White Sox, who I like and I think are uh, are coming along, yeah, and Giolito's been fantastic, Yep, are minus 57. Cleveland has pulled itself up by its bootstraps to plus 9, and then the Twins are plus 116. Uh, but Boston comes here <laughs> now at 39 and 34, having won five consecutive games. They got off to that terrible start and have been pretty good since. And in run differential, they are a plus 49. And these next uh, three games, Derek Wetmar, you're going to get pitching matchups of uh, Barrios-Parcella tonight. Love it. Pineda-Price tomorrow night. Okay. Let's keep going. And then game three on Wednesday (laughs) night, which will conclude this nine-game homestand. Gibson against Eduardo Rodriguez. Gibson coming off a gem. So this oh, so. is going to, yeah, and and Kyle Gibson, my God, was he fantastic. But this this series is one of those series now, to me, that is going to give you a glimpse into saying, okay, you are doing a really good job against the teams you should beat and taking series there. Now you're playing Boston at home. How does that fare?
0: Yep, I what I really look for, Judd, and you know this, throughout the summer is pitching matchups and it's always a bit of a it's a bit of a moving target because you can say oh you know the uh, Parcells Barrios that should, that should be a pretty good pitching matchup, but it's slanted a little bit, especially early in the season. It's slanted a little bit in favor of a guy like Barrios because it's going to sound weird if if you're a classically conditioned Twins fan. This next sentence out of my mouth is going to make you fall off your chair or. If you're driving, please pull over now. As I don't want any swerving. I don't want accidents on the scoring the first place twin show. But it's slanted, a matchup like that, in favor of a guy like Burrios because he gets to face the Red Sox. The other guy, he's got to face the Twins. So, I, yes, I look for pitching matchups, um, but all, obviously the whole thing plays into it. It's, it's all a factor, and the Twins, for my money, have one of the best lineups in baseball, the best lineup in the American League. Even now that the Yankees have added Edwin and Carnacion, I think they're in the. They've now put themselves in the conversation for the second best offense in the American League behind the Twins. So this will be a fascinating series from that perspective. But you'd like to see the pitching hold up against one of the AL contenders. That is very true because they're on the outside looking in right now. The are other they not? thing, the
1: other uh, trend that we've seen in the last ten games or so, and certainly the past two days. And this might sound like a small thing, but I want to see very quickly the fielding right to itself. Sure, okay. Ten errors in the past five games, five in in the past two days. Sano has certainly, and Derek, I'm a bit surprised that this didn't start happening sooner. Miguel Sano, if he gets the ball, has a cannon for an arm. The question has been lots of times, and he's made some good plays, but the question has been at times... Can he get to the ball or get the ball? Sure. Uh, the past few games have been tough there. How Rosario wasn't charged with an error in left field on Sunday yeah, that was, was absolutely beyond me. The ball was, Baldelli basically said in Rocco speak, the ball was eminently catchable. But this is just, a, this seems like a small thing now, but really, really good teams play like the Twins did uh, for the majority, I'd say, of the first three months of the season in the field. And that's something that I would like to see very quickly right itself.
0: And I misspoke earlier. The Red Sox winners of five straight have now pulled even with the Texas Rangers for that second wild card spot. So whatever. We already knew this was one of the contenders. Um I actually disagree with you. And we can keep digging in on Boston if you want to, but I think Miguel Ceno played pretty well in the field on Sunday. I think there was one ball hit to his left that he pulled up and he thought the shortstop was getting it. Yeah, he's got to that, make that play. That doesn't bug me. No, yeah. that's, a, that's a tough play for any third that, baseman to make. That's a tough play, but I want to see you make that play. Nolan Arenado makes that play, and who else? There aren't many. Oh, third that basemen no, that make no, that play. no!
1: Completely disagree. Go back and watch that play. That that is a makeable play. That I would watched not, it twice. That I would not have. That would that not play. have been a great play. That would have been a play he he can make. The error though. The
0: error that The hurts. error is a problematic. It's a liner. It's at your shoes, your ankles, and you expect and, a big league third baseman to come up with that, and he didn't.
1: And the reality he is, as you know, you've got a more competent fielding third baseman playing right field because Buxton's been out on Sunday.
0: Marwin Gonzalez makes me a lot more comfortable. Here's interesting to me because the Twins had lineup choices. They do every day. Marwin helps with that. Well, I'm not suggesting
1: Miguel goes back to right field. No, no, no. So (laughs) if you're going to say that, don't, no, no, no.
0: No, Manny, get your finger ready on the dump button. If we start talking about Miguel Sano to the outfield again, you'd have to probably kick us off the air. But there is a lineup decision that I kind of raised my eyebrow at, but I wouldn't add Sunday's game to know a ray adrianza's plan he's, mm-hmm. he's in the starting lineup miguel sano's plan he's in the starting lineup i think typically you would think from the outside looking in anyways adrianza is considered by many to be the better fielding third baseman the fact that the twins stuck adrianza at first base and Sano at third base i think is telling i think it either means they think that combo is just better right now that that Adrianza's better at picking up first base. Sano already knows what he's doing at third. Let's just make him comfortable. Yep. Versus the opposite. I mean, we know Sano has played some first base, and he'd be fine. Adrianza's played third base. He'd be fine. Yep almost wonder if they're just kind of getting ready. They're getting as many defensive innings looking at Sano as they can because you bring up two errors, and that's perfectly fine. It's justifiable. We can fight about that one to his left. Three since Wednesday. He was actually, I thought, had a good game on Sunday fielding a couple of those balls that not every big league third baseman makes, and I do still think that the arm helps him play there above, you know what I mean, the level of his fielding. So I almost had half a thought to think, okay, maybe the Twins are Playing with this a little bit and trying to give Sano a lot of run at third base to figure out if it's going to actually work in October.
1: I would say that that's probably accurate. You know, that, like, that that theory that theory uh, certainly to me holds water. The other thing too is as much as the Twins emphasize and do a really good job of uh, position flexibility with Marwin Gonzalez, Adrianza. Lots of guys, potentially. Your guy, La Tortuga. La Tortuga, yes. Who By the way, congratulations. Twins pl- minor league hitter of the week. Um, the other thing about Miguel is, if you go back to our discussion, not our last one, but maybe a couple times ago, was it with Falvey or Levine? I think it was um, Thad Levine, who... Open the door before Miguel came back to him playing some first base here. And that has not taken place yet. Yeah. That has, as you just said, happened in the past. I think what the Twins also were pretty good at is they will only ask a player to do what they know that player is capable and comfortable in doing. And he, here's where I think, here's where I think the people that say, what does Rocco really do? This is the answer in my mind. I think Rocco is an excellent conduit, probably, about telling uh, Derek and Thad, hey, here's what I think about this. And Miguel Sano doesn't strike me as the type of player that Rocco would be super comfortable just saying, you're playing first base on Sunday, and then you're playing third base again on Wednesday? And so I think that there's a very good chance that somebody has said... Let's keep him where he's comfortable because the more we, the more we try and stretch, stretch the mental capacity there, the more that could potentially go wrong. And I don't sense we're talking about in life of real focused guy. Like Gonzalez, I think is incredibly focused. You could put him in right, left. He doesn't care. He's a pro. Incredible. Yeah. Pro is pro. Miguel, I think that there's some concern about if you try and stretch him too thin at some places that you're going that it's going to affect him in other areas and so the twins are trying to be very calculated in what they ask of Miguel Sano.
0: That could definitely be. Now that could definitely be and it makes logical sense. I also think there's a component to that which we we glossed over just a little bit. Um this is not pushing back on what you're saying. I actually think that's a genius conspiracy theory that you have it's not even a conspiracy
1: up. it's just how they <laughs> i try to figure out how they think yes because they no, it's because they don't think like i ordinarily i think.
0: don't say conspiracy with a pejorative tone i say it with a, a Tone of adulation and praise. Well, Judge just, Zalgad, you are a genius conspiracy They theorist. just think
1: in very different ways than I do, and I'm trying to deduct what they're it's good. What it's they're good. doing.
0: I, I think that there could be something to that, the, hey, what are you comfortable with? I'm not going to ask you to do more. Nelson Cruz, what are you comfortable with? Oh, okay, cool, we'll do that. Marwan Gonzalez, anything? Yeah. All right, I believe you, because you've done it, and you've done it for a World Series winner. I believe you. So, no, I think the other element that goes unsaid about that is... Here's a guy who came up in July 2015 and since then has not had a solid foothold, period. He was moved to right field. That didn't work out. He's been moved around to third, first base, some DH. That's mixed mixed bag, some power, some strikeouts. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But he's also just not been healthy. Now, some of that's on him, of course. But... I'm, I'm surprised, I guess, And you get to a guy who's 26 years old and showed such tremendous potential in 2015, four or five years ago, that you thought this is a future cornerstone player. This bat will play for the next 10 years, and he'll be... You know, (laughs) we'll be talking about 22 up in left field with number 7 someday. That's what this looked like.
1: Well, that's, yeah. In 2015. Yeah, and we were all incredibly wrong, but that's true at the time. And
0: the Twins, I think rightly, might be looking at this and saying, like, he hasn't been settled at any point. Let's just find a way to make him feel comfortable, feel settled. To your point, you're going to play third base. You're going to be in the lineup. You're not going to play every day, and that's perfectly fine. Nobody's going to play every day. we got a lot of good hitters that we like to mix in, but... What we're not going to ask you to do is bring your first baseman's mitt, learn the cutoff plays, yeah. learn the double cut to the outfield. Because
1: that's going to affect him
0: at the plate. You're going to be a third baseman his, who hits bone
1: His attention span can't be taxed.
0: I don't know that, but I a hundred percent.
1: be. I 100% can tell you from watching him his attention span cannot be taxed. And Marwin Gonzalez's can be. Sure. But you said it. Marwin Gonzalez is a pro's pro. Miguel Sano is in the developing state, in the rookie stages of learning how to be a pro. And yes. that's why his locker's by Nelson Cruz. Yes. That's why guys like, or not the reason why, but it's part of the reason why Marvin Gonzalez is here. Yep. Why Jonathan Scope is here. Those guys are trying to help him, but he is a rookie w- when it comes to being able to process what it takes it's every day to go into that clubhouse because it's a long year, and that is a, that is
0: a difficult job. It's true. He never had and to do that. hitting is a difficult job. When he job. was in the Southern League, ripping it up with, uh, what were they back then? Not New Britain. Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. When he was a Chattanooga Ooh. lookout, he didn't need to be first guy at the field, last to leave. He was Miguel Sano, uber-talented prospect.
1: Burrios, Burrios has always been that guy because he's an incredible professional. He was drafted with
0: that. Exactly. Well, he think, was, And
1: he was born with that. I think Buxton was
0: drafted with that. I think Brios was... Um, so no, it's a fair criticism. I think at this point in his career, you would be fair to label him a guy who has, you know, he gets distracted, gets himself off course. And let's be honest, trouble has followed him around the last couple and of years. And guess what? Lots of people in life don't have attention spans. I mean, it's not just of ball ballplayers, it's people. Sure.
1: And, uh, but that's, that comes back to what I think teams in sports do a much better job of now, which is appealing to what best suits individuals. That's why you can't have a, this is my philosophy, and all 25 of you guys should care about it. Hmm. You can't do that
0: to people. Yeah, it wouldn't work in a major league clubhouse.
1: Let's take a break uh, on the uh, Score North Twin Show here. I want to come back and talk about at least two things. One is Miguel Sano actually got an apology from an umpire. And he deserved it. And he deserved it, but this is the the height. It is a shame that Joe Maurer weekend, one of the guys with the greatest eyes in baseball, had to watch that nonsense at Target Field. And the second thing was trade season. Now, the deadline is July 31st. But let's go back and talk about the fact that trade season in MLB is open. We'll do that next.
0: Representative Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's bat around some banter. Ah, Twins. 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 The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Driven to right. This one's back. And gone. Number nine for Gonzalez, and it's four to three. Score North first place, Twin Show. That highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North. This is uh, the time of the show where Judd Zalgad, he's joined by me, Derek Wetmore, and producer Manny Hill, gets to tee off on umpires. There was an apology issued over the weekend, and let's say Judd was licking his chops about it. We also are going to get into some reckless trade speculation this segment because it is trade season now. It's official. It's no more rumors. It's time to go if you want to go. But Judd, we can't. We can't. You can't join this show on a Monday and not take your chance to tee off on the guys that stand behind home plate and flip coins, can we?
1: Well, if they did a halfway decent job in the past three games, I'd love to praise them. But these guys were idiots. They're awful. They're a complete joke. It's Joe Maurer weekend. Joe Maurer, no matter what you think of Joe, has had one of the best eyes in baseball history, probably. Joe as Maurer, far as identifying balls and strikes accurately.
0: He had one of those eyes that made you think if it was a borderline pitch, he must have seen it right. Yeah. If you're like, oh, I'm not sure, and Joe's like, ah, it was a ball. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah it's probably off the plate. Joe would But I don't Joe would know. think that's
1: hyperbole. I think that's no, accurate. No, 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 you've
0: seen umpires do that.
1: And so they assigned the umpiring crew of um, Vic Carapazzo, Jordan Baker, Hunter Wendelstedt, and crew chief Angel Hernandez to this series. And in the course of the series, Wendelstedt, Angel on Saturday, which was just so delicious that on and another blown call by Hernandez on Joe Mauer night that that goofball gets home plate and then Carapazzo got home plate yesterday and was absolutely awful, bad enough that he called Miguel Sano out on strikes in the fifth. Sano then going out to third base and I and this is actually pretty smart. So Sano didn't confront him right after being called out and make a scene. Going out to third base, he just crossed the front of home plate. And um, said that wasn't a strike. That ball was low. And Carapazzo said, quote, I know I made a mistake. That pitch was low and away. Or away and low. Okay, so he apologizes. That's great. Good for you. You you stink at your job, but you apologize for stinking. (laughs) But here's the kicker. In the eighth inning, with uh, two men on base, runners on uh, second and third, out number 2 is Miguel Sano called out by Vic again on a pitch that wasn't a strike. And in this case, I'm taking Miguel's word that it wasn't a strike. It was a full count, right? Because, because this, guy, this guy, this um, guy, let's see here. No, 0-2 oh at the time. But oh. anyway, anyway.
0: Oh, we're talking about two different. He got rung up twice yeah, no, on Sunday no, on pitches no. I didn't think were strikes. He,
1: no, he said that. He got the apology. Uh, okay, okay. What I'm saying is he got the apology in the fifth on a full count. He gets rung up. Going out to play his position for the top of the six, he goes in front of, he crosses Karapazzo and says, That wasn't a strike, Vic. And Vic said, Yeah, I got it wrong. I'd like to apologize. I'm sorry. So the buffoon apologizes. That's great. We're all good, right? But in the eighth inning, he makes the exact same mistake and calls Snow out on an 0 2 pitch when it mattered even more because it was actually the game was close at that time and he rung him up on another pitch that was not a strike. And, and if you go to uh, scorenorth.com, Right now, I wrote uh, some twins tidbits off the or off Sunday's game.
0: I sat on the Score North I, mobile app too, Chad.
1: Yeah, I included a a our friend C J. Fogler has a um, a gif or a gif of a strike called on poor Chesler Cuthbert on Saturday of Kansas City by Angel on a pitch that is nowhere near the strike zone. Hmm. It is way it comes in. It comes in outside by Blake Parker, and it curves in slightly more inside, and it's still off the plate. The catcher pulls it back, and Angel calls it a strike. So it's just a shame that in a weekend where all three games were sold out, I thought the Twins did a fabulous job. I thought, aside from the four-hour game on Sunday, it was a really well-played, I thought, crisp first two games And these guys, that crew ruined it. And how they are still around, I don't know. And why they're a crew? Why do you put the those four clowns together? Try to hide them, right? But wouldn't you be hiding one of them by having them on the best crew you possibly could and say, "Okay, here's our one week link." Well, instead, it's just it's four guys. Oh, and then the only guy who might be absolved is Jordan Baker, who didn't get the plate called strike three on Nelson Cruz on a check swing to end the game on Sunday. And I saw photos of that, and at least it's debatable. Sure. Like, that yep. that one, I don't know, what's a strike for sure, but at least that one, you're like, okay, that was at least close, but that was the one guy so, who
0: didn't get the plate. <laughs> it's a close play. It's a tough rule. I don't get too worked up about this, to be honest with you. I see those same pitches, that that Miguel Sano full count, like, that's, that's not a strike. And now his final line looks different, and we're dogging on Sano. But... I mean, unless Angel Hernandez or our guy C.B. Buckner has the plate in the World Series, it it just doesn't bug me too much.
1: Angel Hernandez's continued employment by people he sued when he should have been fired immediately bothers me beyond belief. And, And it's a joke. It's a complete joke that this guy is allowed to continue in a profession in which he has as much business as my dead dog, Holly. Oh, not you even could, Stella. The you dog. could put my dead dog behind home plate, and she might have a fighting chance to be a better home plate umpire. Just
0: guessing percentage, right? This guy, and and by the way, this guy's a crew chief. That's so... He's a crew chief, <laughs> and uh, another blown that's call. Brutal, by that's brutal, man. That's brutal. So, so it's not not holding
1: back, Judd. Are you? It's it's ridiculous. It's, this... ri- it's ridiculous that these these people. Oh, and also Sano. You know what? When Sano screws up, I like to dog him for it. He deserves it. I think that's right. But give him a chance. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because most fans now say, oh, two more strikeouts by Miguel. He actually was he was trying to utilize his eye to be to identify pitches correctly. He's that's got a pretty
0: decent eye. It's just the okay. contact that it's like uh, troubling.
1: But his but his life is tough enough at yeah, that's times right. that's exactly without right. getting no help from a guy who apologizes and then rings him up again. Think about that.
0: Yeah, we gotta get the driver of the Bomba bus some authority on the situation. We gotta, let's get you in touch with, uh, Rob Manfred and see if we can. I know he's got big fish to fry. I'm not saying he doesn't, but this Rob is one that if you could call him and just get, give him a word edgewise. And then maybe we could fix, um, all star voting, which we'll talk about in a second. And then we can commend him for one of his changes that I actually like. It's that the trade deadline is no longer. Nebulous. It's there is a trade deadline. Yes. It's July thirty first, and we saw our first one over the weekend. Edwin Encarnacion, Ed Wing, as he's known around most parts of the country, is going to make his Yankees debut probably early this week. Tuesday, I think I saw in one
1: report. And he went to he went to the Yankees for, I believe, their nineteenth prospect, a
0: pitcher, correct? Depends on who's doing the ranking. But I mean not, not a, a, not a to top bat. ten. He's it's, a yeah. A rent They took on some salary too. Powerful Productive hitter joins an already powerful, already productive lineup. That's going to be bombs and my away. and my contend is this opens
1: this officially, I should say opens trade season. It's I on. think
0: it's open right now, it's and on. I think
1: and if you're if you're the Twins or any team that wants to make a trade for a bat in some cases, or in the Twins' case for arms. We are now
0: talking about this is going to heat up very, very quickly. So we've talked a lot about when's the right time to add an arm. And I've contended from the beginning, I think this this movement is starting to gain a little more popularity, a starter and a reliever would be nice. I'm not even limiting it to two. You don't have to just add two people. But I'm saying if you're going to add two people, make it a back-end bullpen arm I'm and s- make it a frontline starting pitcher. I'm saying
1: three arms now. Um, I'm saying a frontline starting pitcher, a really quality back end bullpen arm, and then another bullpen arm that you can trust more than the current crew, okay. minus Taylor Rogers. Okay, because Blake Parker, what we how we saw Blake Parker used on Saturday now is how Blake Parker has now. to be used. But you know, you can spot him. Trevor May and Blake Parker and that group. If I match them up, right? It's matchups. It's okay. It's matchups. But if I have to rely on them, I'm very concerned. So I would like to add. It doesn't even need to be a bullpen arm where we all say, "Oh, wow, that's quite the trade." But somebody that ultimately uh, Falvey, Levine, and Baldelli can trust more. So I would, I've gone from one
0: and one to one and two. Phil brought this up in the first hour of the Score on First Place Twins Show. His maiden voyage on the Monday episode. I thought he did a pretty good job. He didn't know all the inside jokes, and that's fine. <laughs> He didn't know to call him A L E R uh, A leader to Rizzi In fact, is Lucas Giolito has taken over that lead by a slight margin. Twitter followers. and Lucas is out. going to start the All Star game. Unfortunately, we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen there. But you know, he did pretty good. He did pretty good, including this take. And I want to get your thought on it, Judd. Um, boy, I am, I am against, steadfastly against trading one of your top three prospects. And I think after that, let's talk. Yep, and I. I Quick question, too,
1: because I I heard this this weekend, and I think it's accurate, is the last time that that happened, so a top three prospect, was moved in the type of trades that we're talking about, was that the uh, Cubs-Yankees trade for Chapman? Which moved Glaber Torres,
0: correct? Well, they... To the Yankees? Two Was it two summers ago that the Indians traded Francisco Mejia to San Diego and got Brad Hand back? Okay. A guy I'd but, now go target if I was and, Minnesota. W- and was he a top three prospect oh, yeah, from he Cleveland? Was, he was their number one, probably. Because Because the, their
1: point was, there's the point of the conversation I heard was you don't, to bolster your point here... Typically, you don't you go don't, shopping.
0: And you don't see a lot of teams say, I oh, will surrender a top three. That's right. You don't go shopping in that aisle. All too often. I mean, that's you're shopping at the grocery store. That's Whole Foods, you know. But
1: fans, and and when I get excited, I say, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm considering that you should trade Royce Lewis." I don't know that they would think like that. So
0: I agree with that, and I'm team. Be reserved about this. People say it's time to go for it. I agree. It's time to go for it. It's time to be smart about going for it. But Phil brought up this trade. I thought was all kinds of interesting. If you're gonna package. And you saw the report, um, report in quotation marks, Jim Bowden, just threw out five trades that could make sense at The Athletic. One of them was the Twins trading for Madison Bumgarner and reliever Will Smith, who I like a lot. That is an interesting package, but Jim Bowden said something that lost me then right after that. He'd trade Dar Gratterall and Nick Gordon and maybe whatever, some more prospects to kind of make it all work. I'm against that, but I want to fast forward and say what Phil said, which is if you are trading a guy like Bruce Radar or Alex Kiriloff or Royce Lewis, call the Indians and get Trevor Bauer and Brad Hand, would you give up a top 3 guy for a package that's that lights out? I said last week that I would be inclined
1: to do exactly that. Really? But the more I think about, so that's the, that's a fun conversation.
0: It's reckless it's reckless trade speculation really is what it is that's that's what but we it, do on score north
1: And there's recklessness Occasionally. and there's reckless trade speculation
0: You want reckless speculation oh,
1: you're kidding. You know this thing,
0: How about you're kidding. reckless trade speculation For
1: the love of God! Sounds good There's reckless trade speculation that at times actually has a chance to come true and then there's reckless speculation that at times you say to yourself, okay, this is fun, but the team won't do it. I think your Cleveland. What are you trying to say? I think your Cleveland I think I think our Cleveland conversation, I don't see them doing
0: that. Oh, I'm in,
1: The bum the, the bum garner, well, unfortunately for you, I think it's much more r- realistic <laughs> that they take the two rentals for far less. The Gratterall, uh... I could see them balking at Gratterall. Nick Gordon would be gone in a heartbeat, but keep in mind we're talking about two guys in Bumgarner and in Will Smith whose contracts are up. Right, that's so, where that's tough for me. So I know it is, but it's easier for them to convince San Francisco to take a package that they would would be would be much more palatable to the Twins brass. Yep. So it might be tougher for you, but do you really but do you really see Derek Falvey trading a top three prospect to a division rival? Which And I know that I know that's not a huge deal now, so I get that. But do you see him trading a top-three prospect to anybody? Because the more I think about this, the more I think he probably Brad. couldn't bring himself to so do I'm it. So I'm out on that.
0: But I mean, I'm very much leaning in if you're talking about Trevor Bauer, if you're talking about Brad Hand. I am listening. I love the names. Don't get me yep. wrong. So to me, when you're talking about the Giants package, I actually just think we're a little too high on Madison Bumgarner because he's a name. So I would, if I was running things. I'm not. I'm hosting a twin show on Score North and AM 1500 and live.scorenorth.com but if I was, I would be tempted to drop Madison Bumgarner from the trade talks, ask what it takes to get Will Smith for a couple of months, add him to the back end of the bullpen with Taylor Rogers. not give up a top three prospect and call it a day. I think that's a pretty good day's work. But the Bumgarner trade is not going to cost you a top three prospect. Shouldn't. Bumgarner-Smith will not. Shouldn't, but they, they were talking about it on The Athletic that it would make sense give up this the guy. guy
1: had yeah, the greater... Uh, <laughs> Bowden. I
0: don't like selling Brewster
1: or all. is fun to read, and his insights at times can be good. His knowledge of organizations is not always great. And in this case, I don't think he understands how the Twins think. But I think he's on the right path with who they would want. And would Falvey love to get Bauer? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to give up a top three prospect in that trade? I would be
0: very surprised. If you're Cleveland, you're shopping those guys. Personally, would I consider out, it? I might consider it. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. I'm interested. That's where it's reckless, but I don't know if it's Bit of a down it. year for him. He hasn't been the same guy, but he
1: threw a complete game shutout the other day. He's also playing for not a great team, and, yep. and I think that, that impacts Maybe. him.
0: And that would be a check against him in my book. That shouldn't affect you. you go out and throw your two hundred thirty innings and be an ace. Oh, there's good. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, there would definitely, there would definitely be some uh, a character. Like I don't want to hear about the there, guy Derek?
0: who's rejuvenated because he gets to a pennant race. But, I want the guy to care every day. But if
1: Falvey went and got Trevor Bauer, I think his his feeling would be that he knows Trevor so well. Yes, that there's no concern from his
0: end. Then. Yep, that's right. You'd but if you don't, don't know Trevor light. Bauer. Right. Yeah,
1: you'd have to have that conversation. Agreed.
0: You'd have to get that green light. I I think that's a phone call I'm making right now. And if I'm Cleveland, I'm listening to all offers Can I starting give you yesterday.
1: A Yankees theory as well here, Let's hear it. because they're about to get Judge back. They're yep. about to get Stanton back, and they just traded for Edwin Bleepin and Carnacion. And everybody says, rightfully so, you need pitching help. I think the Yankees are going to get pitching help. But as we, we look on MLB network right now at, at their potential lineup. lineup, I think they've also said something else, which in baseball today is actually pretty smart. I think they said, look at the twins. We might have to win a playoff game against them 17 14. I'm not I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead yeah. serious. And Too you must line up some baseball, yep, maybe. No, but if you say to yourself, okay. We'll go get pitching help, and we'll do the best that we can do. But that baseball's traveling farther than it's ever gone before. Sure. And and the Minnesota Twins are
0: not going to go quietly, probably. Well, and you hope to get Severino back. That should help. They're still going to try sure. to add more. And now they have such a surplus. Maybe they deal from some of that surplus well, to try to go get
1: pitching help. Clint Frazier's gone. You think so? Oh, he's long gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he doesn't. Oh, he's, he's, he's got he's got good potential. but But two things. He's valuable because he's young. And he belongs playing in that market as much as Zach Grenke would. Okay, he's far too temperamental. I just think it's funny how dismissive he can't dismissive, take. He can't take it. How
0: dismissive the Bomba bus driver? No, just, with him that just put him back in oh, the Midwest. Just put him back in the Midwest. Pack your bags.
1: Put him back on the west. Put him on the west coast. Grow out your beard. That's Send fine. him back to Cleveland. We don't. Trevor need Bauer package yeah. would include Clint Frazier. But yeah, exactly. I think the I think the Yankees said that'd be scary. I think the Yankees said bleep it. That'd we we might have to wow. beat the Minnesota Twins in a playoff game 17-14. And guess what? When it's Judge and Stanton in Carnacion and vo and we get
0: in that bandbox yep. in the They're Bronx too. Few. They're gonna hit a few. Yeah. As Roycey said,
1: his his uh, his rant on the unchained video that we did today was I hate three pointers and home runs. They're the exact same thing now.
0: They are. They are. Teams are maximizing them. They're optimizing for them, and the Twins are doing it all. They're not the Golden State Warriors because the Warriors lost the finals, so I don't know that we can use that I think the Golden anymore. State Warriors. Uh, fully healthy. Fully healthy. Yeah, the fully healthy Warriors. Yeah, they're not so, the Warriors uh, now.
1: They're, That's uh, okay. Previously. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Come back. And uh, the All-Star voting continues. Derek Wetmore is going to explain to me as we go through these evidently cycles of this <laughs> where things stand for oh. Twins players. It is the Score North twin show.
0: Um, The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. I want to thank each one of you for your love and support, not
1: only tonight, but over the course of my entire journey that led me here. Thank you to the fans for coming out and once again
0: showing me how amazing Twins territory truly is.
1: Score North Twin Show, all new Score North. Uh, Judd Zolga, Derek Wentmore, Manny Hill producing. That of course was Joe Mauer on Saturday night in what was again a first class event put on by the Twins. Mauer's number seven. Retired 11 and a half minutes at a microphone. A plus, yeah. 11 and that's like me getting in the batter's box and hitting the baseball. <laughs> the improbability of <laughs> Joseph Maurer spending 11 and a half minutes at a microphone was very impressive. That
0: was not it because then he joined the broadcasts. He came down to talk to the media afterwards. It was, I mean, it was Joe Mauer Day for a reason. You know what? The last three times that he has publicly
1: really been a Target Field, he has shown that he has tear ducks yes cuz the last day of last year which will always be magical when he comes out in the catching gear to catch the one pitch yeah. um november 12th he retires he cries and then there's no question that he was having trouble holding it together on Saturday night. It was good. 8 plus. Explain to me where things stand, because I saw MLB.com uh, published this or came out with this again today, where things stand in what I would call, being an old school guy, the convoluted all-star process <laughs> that's going to get us to Cleveland in the middle of July.
0: Well, I may be young, but I'm an old school guy too, Judd. This no, but I think you understand vote. it, I think. I, I'm calling myself it. old and feeble. I get it. It's just stupid is what it is. But I saw this tweet from Fitz. Betsy fan who covers the Minnesota Twins for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. I saw her uh, tweet this out first. It looks like MLB has updated its voting, and they're going to periodically do that, drive traffic and page views, and it's great, and at least give us an update on where our guys stand. Here's from Betsy on Twitter. Jorge Polanco, still number one among shortstops. I, I kind of think he'll start the game. CJ Crone. Is, uh, I think I saw second among first basemen, but yep. Betsy says CJ Crone, Nelson Cruz, and Eddie Rosario are in position to move into the next round of voting. I would also add that I saw Byron Buxton and Max Kepler were just on the outside of what, you, what you'd what you need to qualify for that next round. I believe they are 10th and 11th, respectively. you got to be top nine among AL outfielders to get by. Twins are going to get some guys right, in, so good? explain
1: this, though. It's the So the next round, I, I believe the voting right now ends on Friday, and yeah. then there's going to be a next round. Is that going to be the top three from each position who are then going to be voted on?
0: Top three from all
1: positions this is and where the I top get...
0: nine from the outfield. Okay. And then, because, you know, they're not going to take the Say, top three left fielders. Fan voting again for yep. the starters, is that right? Exactly right. Okay. And then I believe there is another manager component or you know coaching staff component, but I don't get exactly that part of it. So I'm just gonna fully show my cards and be honest. Oh, I don't blame me. They're trying to get to the finalist round and then there's the like election because for some reason they wanted the election tie in because of all the warm fuzzies that gives all of us thinking about oh, yeah, the election. Gone, the elections
1: have gone really well June
0: and July. Yeah we're really happy the more that gets brought Are up. Are the Russians Major going League to baseball. have something to do with the all star I'm not sure voting I'm gonna election? respond to that comment. I'm just gonna move right past it. <laughs> Is
1: Putin going to weigh in at shortstop and get Lindor to start?
0: Hopefully he's been watching a lot of Jorge Polanco <laughs> on the first place twins. And I will be here all week. Tip your waiters and waitresses. Because so. Collar's out. All, I'm, I have to be here this all week. brutal. I need to. Anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. But there is a uh, bit of misunderstanding on my part where one of the things they were trying to get away with, Judd and Manny, is the AL manager, for example, Alex Cora. World Series representative in the American League gets to then pick the team next year. What they don't want is that awkwardness about having to pick your own guys. So I don't get if there is still a manager component for that final part, which again, I don't know that there is, but that's what I thought. That would be problematic to me because then a guy like Byron Buxton, who honestly should be picked for the All-Star game, just as a guy off the bench, who more would you like to have as a defensive replacement in center field? Absolutely. But Alex Cora... Plays, manages a guy named Jackie Bradley Jr., who's a pretty great defensive center fielder in his own right. I I thought they were trying to eliminate that weirdness. I'm known as Panic. I think I'd call you cautious. That's fair. You don't panic, but you're
1: cautious. On the um, Richter scale of Panic, where do you weigh right now with the guy that you just mentioned, one Byron Buxton, who was hit on the wrist, suffered a, the Twins are terming it a, bruised wrist on Friday night. He has not played in two games. Rocco swears up and down. He's absolutely fine. And that they actually don't trust Buxton because he always says, I can play. And so they're purposely not playing him because he doesn't tell the truth. Where do you land? Because I, I always get very concerned with the hand and wrist because of all the bones and things that can go wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm. You would have liked to see him this weekend. One if One to was 10 perfectly on a fine. panic scale with one being the least. Where are you? Oh, like a like a 6 because Ooh. here's why it's not just about do you get Byron Buxton back for this week does he get into the all-star game all that stuff is ancillary no not worried really about that yeah. what matters to me is will this wrist thing linger and to the point on telling the truth or not Like, this is a dude who gutted out for them last year, played through a broken broken bone in his toe. I mean, he's tough. There's no questioning that. Too tough. Not worried about his toughness or his ability to play through pain and stuff like that. But here was this sort of, you know, magical, I mean, almost storybook breakout season. You've been waiting, you've been waiting, you've been waiting. He's teased you, but he's never delivered. Here he was delivering at a near all-star level for the Twins. One of their MVPs through the first couple months of the season – and and now you could be worried about putting that in jeopardy. I'm I'm six out of ten nervous.
1: I love their approach, though. The team approach
0: I think is in, fantastic in terms of not listening. To in him, terms of saying we're like, not going to listen to you. Some guys will listen to Nelson Cruz. We'll listen to you, right? No, no but I love.
1: But but Cruz was, was what eligible to come off the IAL, I think something like ten days before he did. Mm-hmm. I love their approach, which is
0: it's June. We don't we don't need you tonight. Well, Max and we're just Kepler's not going to be dumb, and we're not going to be them. dumb. Yeah. But, but, like, it sounds like you're probably worried about this, too. I hate when guys get hit
1: there. Yeah. I hate when guys... Last thing. Do you recall, as a baseball fan, ever seeing more guys hit on the cleat and shoe than no, we've seen I, no. this year? Is, that must be a pitching philosophy to go for the back foot, basically. They now. used
0: to talk about the the pregame series meetings would be the up-and-in, down-and-away meeting. Yeah. Hey, we got to pitch these guys up-and-in, and then down-and-away. There's so much... Uh, angles and changing of eye levels to pitching now that I don't know that we've necessarily fully appreciated, but one of the things you can do is if you have a fastball coming in on a guy's hands, and he thinks it's a fastball, so he opens up, try to go get that pitch, but actually it's a spike curveball that dives or that back foot slider you just mentioned. Yeah, You can get batters all kinds of out of sorts, get some stupid-looking swings, and when they don't swing at that, yeah, it's a... And it
1: surprises guys, too, and so they I think you're open going up for that, slightly, and they get hit right in that back foot.
0: You're going for that zone a little bit more now as a pitcher than you otherwise might have. Maybe, whatever, 10 years ago, you wanted to brush them off the plate, get them to swing at something away. Now you want them to get looking fastball, looking fastball, and, oh, that's a breaking pitch. That dived out of the zone. You had no chance. When you don't get that pitch where it's supposed to go, you end up hitting some batters.
1: Score North Twin Show is done. Thank you, Derek. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Manny Hill. We will uh, continue at 2 o'clock with Purple Daily. Call out today, so it'll be uh, Zolgad and Danny. Next.